right, everybody. It's been a long week since we last talked. Long, uh, a little bit longer than that, I suppose, but it is what it is. Paul Russo here with uh, Concrete Jungle New York Baseball Podcast, third floor North Park building, fingerlakes1.com. Kyle Evans to my right. My left, super producer, Nate Sharman. Boys, uh, the dog days of summer, they're right around the corner. Beautiful weather. How are we feeling? Doing really well, Paul. How are you? Fantastic. Nate? Pretty good over here, Paul. Pleasure to be back in the studio with you, with you guys. Yeah. All right, so um, we're all switching up this podcast because, look, it'd be a lot to cover in our time span a week's worth of games. Simply put, it, it, like I said, it, it'd just be, would, would be way too long, not enough to cover. So um, we have neglected uh, probably discussing – you know, the prospects in, in the minor league teams of the Yankees and the Mets. Um, so we're going to cover that a little bit today, um, in addition, obviously, to our Rochester and Syracuse stuff. Uh, again, a week's worth of games, it'll be tough for them to cover, so I won't really look too, too much at the past games for them today. Uh, rather, some interesting news and nuggets for both teams and then kind of um, what they got ahead for the weekend. Um, so... Uh, pretty interesting uh, stuff, a little bit of a change of gear. I'm looking forward to it. I know prospects are one of my favorite things to kind of look at it, uh, besides the minor league stuff. And um is a proud, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a subscriber, but every year I get baseball prospectus now the past few years, and always fun kind of seeing where everybody kind of lands and stuff like that. So we'll jump right in and start with the Yankees. So my basis of this was more or less just doing the top five uh, in each pipeline, uh, according to MLB.com. So obviously, you know, you have to take some of that, maybe with a little grain of salt. Um, you know, obviously they're just going to pull really the bigger names anyway and kind of go and run with it at that point. But uh, that being said, the same the same token, it's kind of, you know, uh, justified, I, I'd say. You know, I didn't, not to completely tee it off right, but, you know, the Yankees' top prospect right now, Anthony Volpe, uh, look, I mean, it, it, <laughs> he's good. You know, and justifiably the Yankees number one. So, uh, obviously not to tee too much off there, but Anthony is the first one we're starting with anyway for the Yankees. Uh, obviously number one prospect for the Yankees at the moment in their pipeline. Um, they have him listed as a second baseman now, which is interesting on his MILB page. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think he'll end up being a shortstop when it gets to the big league level. His uh, ETA, and this will be a key thing here, uh, listening, ETA is the estimated time of arrival to the big leagues. Um, don't pay too much attention to that. Uh, it's a it's a date that um, the pipeline gives each player when they first enter said pipeline. It never really works out that way. Rarely, if at all, does it ever work out to where um, that's actually the case. And for both the Yankees and Mets, uh, the, the, there's a justifiable uh, – cases here that we'll get to among one two it looks like about three or four of them so we'll see um currently batting 203 his average uh, obp is 311 and 684 ops uh he got off to a really just awful start to the year um cold to say the least it has, it has come along through the month of may uh to salvage what he's got it has 28 runs on the year 31 hits five home runs 22 rbis and 18 stolen bases all uh, with the double-A Somerset Patriots. So, um, obviously, with the top prospect, uh, you expect maybe a little bit more, and it, it's been a rocky start, to say the least. But, um, you know, to me, for the most part, all the Yankee prospects, top five-wise, 
um, have have been interesting cases all year, and, and Volpe's no exception. Yeah, I think with him, he's just kind of probably um, thinking about the future and you know trying to climb up the system quick, and I think that's kind of led to his struggles. But um, I wouldn't be worried about him at all, and I think he'll really get heated up uh, this summer. Yeah, I mean, we've said it on here you know, in the past, and I mean, it's one of the adages in baseball, right, double A's where you find out if you got it or not. Um, and like I said, I mean, he, his may start off, or his year start off rough, may has come around. Um, Somerset's been an interesting team, struggled really out of the gate, but we'll touch on that, obviously, when we kind of talk about them. Uh, the second prospect in the Yankee pipeline, number two, is Oswald Peraza. Uh, another shortstop, again, uh, this is where the ETA gets out of whack. His ETA was supposed to be this year. Um, that's not going to happen more than likely, barring, I'd say, a catastrophic injury of sort at the big league level or something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him up at some point because of an injury anyway, but I um, wouldn't expect him to stick. stick. Again, rough year overall so far. He hasn't really started off cold or, or started off hot, but just hasn't been able to really get it going. He's a slash line of 208, 272, and 621 for his OPS. Uh, 14 runs scored, 31 hits, 5 home runs, 15 RBIs, 11 stolen bases. He's played at AAA Scranton Wilkes-Barre all year. Again, though, Scranton's been an interesting team, um, and we'll touch more on that again when we get to it. But, um, you know, a guy, they were really leaning on a guy like Peraza being the top one of these top prospects that kind of jump off the page and, and simply put, uh, he just really hasn't. Uh, he was a guy who was kind of, um, I wouldn't say floated through the system, but he never really carried – uh, the big name power up until a couple years ago, really, in the system, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, had to deal with uh, kind of being, I guess, in the labor shadow once he got got brought over. Uh, obviously, Peraza was brought in. I think it was technically a year after the Yankees got Torres in 2016. Uh, but that being said, Torres has kind of certainly hogged the, the limelight of the young middle infield stuff for the Yankees. And then Volpe did not do Peraza any questions or uh, favors, rather, um, getting to the point that he's at. Um, it, it's tough. I think the ship's probably sailed a bit on Peraza. I think he's still, at the very least, could probably have a really good big league career somewhere. I don't think it's with New York, unfortunately. I think probably at this point he's more trade bait than anything else. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of times um, a position, you know, it's just too stacked, and some guys just don't ever reach the majors with the Yankees, and but then they go and get traded, and they're immediately up on the big league roster. Right. And I kind of think that this is probably a situation similar to that. Move on to the third-ranked prospect in the Yankee pipeline, Jason Dominguez, a.k.a. the Martian. He has an ETA of, of 20, uh, 24. We'll start with the stats and then kind of move into other stuff with him here. So slashing 273. 352 and 805, 31's runs scored, 44 hits, 5 home runs, 22 RBIs and 8 stolen bags, all at the uh, single-A Tampa Tarpons. But he's been having quite the interesting, really, I guess, month of May. Stuff, stuff first starts servicing with him about middle of the month. Um, and then over the course of the past couple of weeks, he's we've had a – deletion of everything Yankee related on Instagram he has been pulled from the lineup uh he he deleted I think his Twitter was it Twitter that he deleted and then reactivated or something I don't know but um he, he's I, I don't know there's there's not been a super ton of information about what's going on with him to say the least yeah I'm really interested to see what's going on with him 
Um, I don't know what the Yankees would have told him to make him upset and delete some of his posts on Instagram, but hey, I guess we'll find out maybe eventually. Um, I don't, I don't really think he would be traded at the deadline this year, but I'm not saying that he wouldn't eventually be traded. I just don't think it happens at the deadline. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it's it's tough, I guess. Um, I I still think. I mean, part of me thinks the Yankees stole on him, right? I mean, you got the nickname of the Martian. It's kind of um, probably a bit premature, obviously. But a prospect like him, as young of age as he was when he popped up initially at 16, right? And he's 19 right now. This is all – everything that's happened with him has happened really within this really three-year window, including obviously the pandemic year where uh, there was virtually no participation of, or activation of minor league baseball. I just I, I I don't know I I I'm always extremely skeptical, unfortunately, of these really good players coming out of the Dominican and out of the Caribbean area at this point at such young ages where they're really good. I think at this point it, it kind of blows my mind how people kind of just don't don't get how you know more times than not these guys fail and usually crash and burn fairly early on, unfortunately. And to be honest, though, who would you even trade, you know, for him? Like, would you really be willing to give away this top prospect for a pitcher? Like, that would be pointless. That would be, that'd well, be a terrible trade. I don't know about pointless. I think it depends who the Especially, pitcher is. I know, but I think, like, I don't think they're going to get any, like, top-name pitcher out there. Like, think about it. Why would they need to go out and get a top-name pitcher right now? So I'll, I'll play devil's advocate with you right now, actually, oddly enough. I think it's a fair one here to do. Say Frankie Montes. Oh, say I would not include him in there. Really? Not at all. Hmm. Okay. It would have to be like a top, top name, and then I'd include him. All right. Fair enough. I just feel like why why give him up when you already got pitching depth, even in the system coming up? Like we're well, the main talk about. the main issue with the pitching depth, I think, in the system is, and uh, well, we'll, we'll, I think people will kind of recognize it when we get to it is, not really the pitching depth is top line. I mean, I don't want to bash guys because obviously they're all better than, than me sitting here behind a mic and saying stuff. But, like, Hayden Wisniewski has just sucked this year, to put it bluntly. Um, Ken Waldachuk, though, as we're going to mention. Well, yeah, well, and we'll touch on him, and he's been a nice, I guess. Domingo Herman coming right? back. There's well, more depth. He's not a prospect at this point. There's more though. depth, though. That's what I mean. Like, okay. they're, they're just not – I just don't think they're running out of depth. I think they're just – they're literally – they have one of the best rotations in baseball – their bullpen is a little banged up right now. That's where I think at the deadline they'll go out and add. I think they're just their pitching situation is really good. I'm more worried about the offense, the center field position, Aaron Hicks, Joey Gallo. The catcher position's getting better with Trevino. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see I, I don't understand all the rumors out there of the Yankees including him in a package for a pitcher. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it's needed right now. All right. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I d I don't know. I think everybody and this is this is the way I go about things. I think in general, I think everybody has a price. I mean, I don't. I think people can be can have can be secure in their position and and stuff like that. But everybody's got a price. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, pitching and stuff like that, we'll move on to number four, which would be the battery mate to a pitcher or catcher in Austin Wells. Uh, he has an ETA slated for next year. Again, doubt that happens. Um, Many want him now. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't have him now. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. 
slash wise, though, he's got the best slash line, at least of the offensive players here in the top uh, of the pipeline. 323, 429, and up. Over one, 1.005 OPS. 21 runs scored, 32 hits, six home runs, 16 RBIs, nine stolen bases, all with high A Hudson Valley Renegades. Um, that being said, you may be wondering kind of why the numbers are a little bit low, even though the averages and slashes are up. Uh, he's been on the injured list now for the past week to week and a half. Um, I know this is a guy, uh, I kind of touched on it off air, Kyle, a little bit, that um, you know, offensively struggled the first couple of years in the minors, but certainly the glove stuff was there. Now it appears as though the bat was coming along until this uh, injury popped up mid-May. Yeah, I think um... – I can't remember exactly what year he was drafted, but what I remember is the Yankees were very high on him. Thought um, eventually after Gary Sanchez, he'd come up and you know be the main starter, and uh, obviously that has a chance now with Gary gone and um, the catcher struggling. I, I really don't know how long Higashioka can, can stick around, especially because I believe he's out of options. So right. if he continues to struggle, I mean, can you really just keep him around? I know he's kind of in a backup role now, but just like Jose Trevino, I don't. I don't really think he's a starter in the long term. I think it's just temporarily, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting because obviously Trevino came over as more or less the depth piece, and he was a former Ranger top prospect. But I think, you know, if we've touched on it before. You know, I think for me at this point, Trevino's earned the starting, the main role for the Yankees, at least for this year at this point. Um, you know, maybe for the next couple of years, in all honesty. I mean, I, I don't think Wells is going to be big league ready for next year. Uh, not in the slightest. Um, That's the thing. It's so and, hard to find a catcher. Yeah. Like, and, it really is. And there's nobody really a triple A. I mean, you got Brantley down there, but he's this depth. Uh, and even then, he's a veteran at this point. So I, 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 we're a couple of years away from Wells still, I'd say. Yeah, you, like, you don't find many JT Romutos mm-hmm. out there. It's just it's kind of a position right. that, like, when you draft someone, you just hope they become very good. Right. Then we'll move on to the fifth and final of the top prospects for the Yankees. Obviously, you mentioned uh, him, Kyle, Ken uh, Waldachuk. Uh, ETA was slated for this year. Not going to happen, obviously, but could. I mean, he could be a depth, depth spot left-handed pitcher. Uh, yearly four and one on the year. Has eight appearances and eight games started. A 1.38 ERA, 39 innings pitched, 69 strikeouts, and a .92 whip. Uh, combined at both Double A Somerset and Triple A Scranton Wilkesbury, um, so um, he could be the piece out of the bullpen. Although obviously all of his appearances this year have been a star. He's a starting pitcher, uh, but the Yankees have shown that they're not afraid to to do the do the I guess the the bullpen slash rotation game with the guys in the past. Yeah, see, I'm thinking a little differently than you. I do believe he will be up um, like in a month or two. I just think with, uh, like, Chad Green and uh, Loisaga on the injured list, and even Chapman, I know Chapman's close to returning, but I just feel like eventually if the bullpen kind of continues to struggle a little bit, he'll be the next guy up. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I know the Yankees released Shelby Miller from his contract at AAA. So a, a piece possibly that they were going to use is gone there. Um, all right, let's uh, look at the team's. Uh, probably the least amount that we really have to talk about in that sense is Triple A Scranton Wilkesbury. Uh, they are currently sitting 18 and 38th in the International League East, a team that uh, because uh, obviously with us covering the Red Wings and the in the in the S Mets, you know we, we've seen them quite often and know about their struggles really this year. Um, just like like I said, I mean the guy, the main guys that they have up there, the prospects Peraza, 
uh, for example. They just they aren't they aren't really performing where they had hoped to, to be performing at this point, um, and it's just tough tough for them to get going at this point. Um, and it's so weird because I remember I'm pretty sure they started off really well. Like was it like six and one? Because I think something like that. Yeah, Rochester first or something. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Florial? I mean, I, I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, I know he's not ranked as high anymore, mostly because he does have some big league service time. So, um, to be fair, when he's up, a lot of times he just doesn't play much. Right. I mean, he's more or less the collateral piece on the bench. And I mean, how how can a guy get going if he's yeah. kind of just coming in here and there? Like today, twenty seven man for the doubleheader, like. He's not in the game one lineup, so is he going to be in the game two lineup, or is he just going to be available off the bench? Right. Yeah, I agree 100% there. From an outsider pers- outsider's perspective, um, you could bring him up as a 27th man for a doubleheader, but leave him up for a week and a half, right? And well, play him 75% <laughs> of the games and see what happens, right? Well, and I don't know how well, they keep running Aaron Hicks out there. It's, I'm being honest. It's mind-boggling. Not to interrupt, but no, Nate, you don't do that. Yeah, okay. You don't, only because... You have to look at it from the healthy perspective, right? If you have a, a full healthy outfield of, of say, Stanton, Judge, I, I, mean, I know, I know we're going Hicks. with the Hicks thing. Well, I, that's different though. He's got he's a veteran ten year MLB player. He doesn't he doesn't have options. He would have to accept a demotion, and no no big leaguer is going to do it. I mean, Robinson Cano. I know it's a little bit different circumstance. That's why he's a free agent this morning. Padres wanted to send him to El Paso. He said no, so they legally can cut ties at that point so it's different at that point I, i'm with kyle i don't know how much longer you can leave hicks really out there but the same token um and i think you we're know, forgetting I, about... I just i just i you can't just bring up a guy from triple a no matter how many times he's been up already and just say hey we're gonna give this guy a run for 10 days and more or less screw you at that point you, you can't really do that yeah, and, and actually, Miguel Andujar has been swinging the bat really well. I would think if maybe if he was injured right now, maybe Floreal would be in, like uh, taking his roster spot right now mm-hmm. until Stanton uh, gets yeah. back. But yeah, Andujar has actually been getting a lot of more playing time. Yeah, he has. Yeah, it's he's been a pleasant surprise overall. Um, I, I still don't think he's going to live up to what I think a lot of people thought. Um, if anything, you know, maybe this helps bolster the trade bait aspect of Andujar. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, let's move on to Double A Somerset. They're twenty nine and sixteen. They're first in the uh, Eastern League Northeast Division. Uh, however, the key thing about the minor league systems past Triple A is they have a first and second half standing. So Somerset, should they win the first half of the of the year uh, in their division, they'll have a lock step in already for the playoffs uh, for the uh, Eastern League. Uh, Eastern League's tough. Um, it, it traditionally, obviously, is the bigger of the of the three triple A uh, uh, leagues. Rather, um, you still have the bulk of the teams. Most, like I said, they sit pretty much up here in the Northeast. Uh, and look, they got tough teams. I mean, uh, we'll touch on them obviously with the Mets, but the Binghamton squad, uh, who struggled a little bit, have have started more or less to kind of teeter ground. But I think they might have lost. Uh, more or less their first half hopes, right? I mean, a bulk of the Mets' top prospects have pretty much been in Binghamton all year, so that's what you're kind of looking at for for the for the Northeast Division at this point. Um, so excellent job by Somerset. Um, Somerset's technically in they're in New Jersey, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Bring back Trenton Thunder, though. Uh, the High A Hudson Valley Renegades, 21 and 25, third in the Sally, the South Atlantic League, which is an oxymoron given that they play in the Hudson Valley area of New York. 
Uh, they're in the North Division for the first half of the standings there. Um, you know, the Yankees do have, like, Austin Wallace, East Stash at Hudson Valley. A couple other prospects are at Hudson Valley, but, um, yeah, A's usually where you just have the guys kind of, you know, really trying to figure themselves out at this point. High A, though, is where, you know, the guys who really look to be where you can find the next step to do it. Um, and then, obviously, A, the Tampa Tarpons, 21 and 26, tied for fifth in the Florida League, Florida State League, uh, Western Division first half there. Uh, so, uh, Yankees minor league system kind of struggling a little bit outside of Somerset, uh, but I think it's, um, no, like I said, for the other ones, I mean, obviously it helps, you know, you kind of look at it from two seasons perspective to make it to the postseason. Yeah, and I know they want to limit limit travel for AAA, but I just, I'm not a fan of those long six-game series. I think this is the last year that they're doing it that style across the board because I don't think they fully understood where COVID was. All right, let's uh, touch on some news and notes. Josh Donaldson nearing a return uh, from his right shoulder inflammation. It could be as early as tomorrow. Uh, he's making all their news for, you know, not not liking the fact that nobody from the Yankees kind of came to defend him, which, I mean, <laughs> look, he's a notable notable bleep bag. I mean, <laughs> tough for your own team to probably come and rally behind you when they don't like you that much anyway. Arles <laughs> um, Chapman, he started playing some catch earlier this week, although uh, he himself has said it's probably too early still to set a timeline for his return. Uh, with his left Achilles injury. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't hurry because right. I don't think many are missing him. No. I know. Uh, Giancarlo Stan took BP on Tuesday. He's eligible to come off the IL as soon as tomorrow. Uh, that being said, uh, Boone does expect him back here shortly. Don't know if we'll exactly see him in a rehab assignment, uh, but if he's taking BP at the big league level, I, I doubt he'll probably venture down to Scranton or Somerset, really. But speaking of that, Tim LaCastro uh, started his rehab assignment earlier this week at AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. So uh, expect our boy Timmy Lowe to return back to the Yankees and be that depth piece for them uh, within the next couple weeks. Uh, so what's ahead for the Yankees and what's today? Well, they have a doubleheader against the Angels today uh, to make up for the game yesterday. Should be uh, for sure probably one getting in and then the other one probably a little bit of a mystery and then they have a weekend three-game slate with the Tigres, the Tigers. Uh, the only starters that have been set to be announced have been for today, so 105 on yes, Shohei Otani versus Nasty Nestor Cortez, and then at 705 scheduled on yes, Reed Detmers against Jameson Tyone. Well, obviously, uh, TBA is actually across the board for both Detroit and the Yankees for the weekend. Um, I'd expect to see probably, what, Tyone and then Garrett Cole probably tomorrow. Uh, well, that is if there's no rain out Yeah, tonight, that's the I thing. Guess. It's all going to like kind of be up to today's games and right. stuff. Uh, but anyway, tomorrow, 7.05, Apple Plus TV. Uh, this is a rough weekend for some people out here. Saturday is a 105 start on Yes, and then Sunday, the brunch game, 135 on Peacock. Oh, looks like i got to get Peacock. <laughs> Rough stuff for poor Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the Mets. uh, As we're already kind of uh, treading water time-wise, as I call it. So, (laughs) The Mets, uh, they're still in first place, 35-17. and Actually, really done a phenomenal job this past week, taking six of seven. So, job well done to them. Uh, So, their number one prospect, catcher Francisco Alvarez. Uh, ETA of being in the big leagues next year. Don't think that'll be the case, but I'd point on 2024 for him. Um, had a rough go of it to, to start the year and at the end of last year, but has certainly booed himself and got hot, slashing 281, a 346 OBP, and then 833 OPS. 
22 runs, 42 hits, eight homers, and or, uh, and 23 RBIs, rather. He's been at A Binghamton all year. Alvarez has pretty much been, um, give or take, somewhere in that top five pipeline the past couple of years. Um, he he will be, this is a guy I don't think that they're going to plan on trading away. This is a guy that will be their catcher of the future at this point. Um, more or less, to me, they're letting him kind of ferment until the James McCann contract comes off the books. Yeah, how many more as years? Soon as, ne- as soon as this year could be next year, I, like I said, I don't think Alvarez is going to be ready to go for next year, really. I plan more 2024 for him. Yeah, when is uh, McCann's contract up? Can be, can be this year. There's an option to, to be picked up for next year should they want to exercise it. I think the Mets probably will just to allow another year for Alvarez to kind of get the his – sea legs under him. Yeah, I would be shocked too if he just jumped to the big leagues. But this is a guy who's good. I mean, he's he's powerful. He's he's a catcher who can do both. That's frightening. Talk about how hard it is to find a catcher. Mets have one ready and waiting for him pretty much at this point. Number two prospect is Brett Beatty. Third baseman ETA, again, of uh, technically this year not going to happen. He's on the injured list right now as well. Has not played all too, too much uh, to get going of the year. Slashing 250 and 349, a 758 OPS, 21 runs scored, 33 hits, three home runs, 10 RBIs, all again with Double A Binghamton. Um, this was a guy who uh, was touted for a while, uh, been touted for a bit. Um, come out of the COVID year, things have kind of quieted around him, but he still finds himself as a second top prospect in, in the Mets pipeline, and justifiably so. Uh, but. Uh, it will be interesting. I think things become tough to try and find a spot for him should guys like J.D. Davis and, 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 and Jeff McNeil continue to just play really, really good baseball. Yeah, he might eventually be trade bait. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing, like I was mentioning earlier, sometimes a position is just so stacked, even in the minors, and it's just hard to bring guys up because there's just guys in the way. Another guy with a guy in the way is third-ranked prospect Ronnie Mauricio, shortstop ETA of next year, not going to happen. Uh, 251, 284, and 733 OPS is a slash. Really rough start to get going out of the year with Double A Binghamton. He's been there all year. 18 runs, 42 hits, 6 home runs, 26 RBIs, and 7 stolen bags. Again, might be a guy that they use a stray bait. Obviously, he'll endure. It's short. And again, it kind of becomes a situation as. Does, if McNeil keeps playing as good as he is, if Davis continues to play as good as he does, might be tough to find him a spot in in the in the infield potentially. Uh, I'd expect, in all honesty, they probably would be more inclined to keep Ronnie over Brett, well, because there's a little bit more flexibility with Ronnie. He can play up the middle. Uh, Beattie is potentially more sideline and, and landlocked at one of the corner infield positions. Yeah, and even the next guy, um, Mark Vientos, like third base again. Like I just, there's just see, there's just too many guys at one position, and it's just gonna be hard to like put them on the roster. And then there's not a lot of roster space. Mm-hmm. I mean, 26 guys, and just it's gonna be hard. I think a few of these guys will get traded. Yeah. So Ventios, you mentioned Mark uh, Ventios, fourth ranked prospect in the pipeline, third baseman, uh, was supposed to make the big league roster this year and didn't. Obviously, signing Eduardo Escobar kind of threw the wrench in that plan for him. Um, so he'll probably be, become trade bait. I, I can't imagine he really wants to hang around too, too much at this point. Uh, but he's slashing 252 or 340 OBP and 821 OPS. He's really come on pretty well for Syracuse. He's been there all year. Uh, one of the 
really steadfast guys in that lineup, all things considered. 19 runs, 33 hits, 7 home runs, and 21 RBIs. Um, then the only uh, Met pitching prospect in the top five is Matt Allen, ETF twenty twenty five at this point. He is listed on the High A Brooklyn, uh, their roster, but he is still rehabbing from Tommy John last year. Uh, this is a guy with a really big arm, West Coast kid. Um, he's going to be good. You hope he's going to be good, but we're still ways away. I wish we had more on him, but uh, he's he's been out the better part of a calendar year now because of Tommy John. Yeah, and that's not that's not really too good that they only have one pitching prospect and he's years away. That means their depth might they might have to go out and make some trades eventually down the line just to like improve the bullpen and all that. Take a look at their teams. Obviously, talk about the Syracuse Mets. They are fifteen and thirty three, sitting last tenth in the International League East. Uh Binghamton, we've mentioned them a couple of different times throughout the year, obviously, but seventeen and twenty eight right now, sixth in the International League Northeast. Uh again, uh, in first half standings with them, they've they've started off hot, got really cold, come back on and kind of buoy themselves out. Be interesting to see what happens there. High A Brooklyn Cyclones, twenty and twenty four, fourth in the Sally North first half standings, and then uh, the bright spot really in this is uh, the A team, the St. Lucie Mets, thirty one and sixteen, first in the Florida State League East first half standings. So um, further down the line is really, I guess, team wise, the bright spots. Uh, but for the Mets, you know, as long as these guys really continue to develop, that's all you really ask for. Yeah, Syracuse is just really struggling. They're probably going to finish with the worst minor league record out of the the four teams. Some news and notes. Interesting stuff for the Mets. Dom Smith optioned to AAA Syracuse. Adonis Medino is recalled for the sixth time this season to make room for that. Uh, so I'm imagining Dom is probably not overall thrilled with what's going on wasn't doing well at the plate. Um, They'll be traded. So, yeah. Silor Mago has thrown a bullpen session and live BP, uh, but uh, Buck Showalter in the front office have, have come out and said he'll probably need at least two rehab starts in the minors to kind of prove that he will be good to go for the distance, but he's pretty much at the door of coming back. Uh, Travis Jankowski, he'll likely be out six to eight weeks with a fractured left fourth metacarpal. Would anybody like to guess what that means? Kyle, you're on the tip of your tongue? I don't have a guess. Okay, Nate? Uh, also, I do not have a guess. Broken left ring finger. <laughs> okay. I got fancy there. But the biggest news, and shout out to our uh, own Josh Durso here, because I know he got overly excited when I showed him the video of it last week, and we finally have official word, but Jake DeGrom could begin throwing off of mound soon as he ramps up his rehab, but he has... Started throwing for, actually, he's been throwing for a month. It just got documented for the first time last week that he's been throwing. So, um, hold steady, Mets fans. Your true ace is on the horizon. Coming. The true dark night rising from the ashes. (laughs) (laughs) Mets head back out west this weekend after pretty much coming back last week. Can't imagine they were thrilled with the schedule makers here. But four games with the uh, struggling Dodgers. Shout out, Nate, your Pirates sweeping the Dodgers over the course of this week. Oh, the second Kyle Evans walked in the door today, I reminded him <laughs> that it happened. Yeah, if, you're, uh, if you're a Dodgers fan, you got to be very embarrassed. I lost a lot of money this week on the Dodgers. <laughs> Not a lot, <laughs> but uh, all games, luckily uh, for you Mets fans, are on SNY this weekend. 
Tonight, a 10-10 start, Taiwan Walker against Tony Gonsolin. Tomorrow night, 10-10, Chris Bassett. And a very good Tyler Anderson, 6-0 and on the year, uh, nearing a sub-2 ERA. How about that? And he almost had a no-hitter, if I remember, earlier this year. Took it into the seventh. One of my favorite fantasy guys out there. Speaking of fantasy guys, the, Met, the Yankees could face, and I, I know I'm frightened of this, but he's on my fantasy team, but I'm a Tarek Truther, Tarek Skubal, so... A lot of interesting pitching coming up here for both teams. Saturday, 10-10, SNY. Drew Pearson and Walker Bueller. And then Sunday, uh, 4-10 start. The Mets are TBA uh, against uh, Julio Urias. Um, I'm guessing we may see another guy from Syracuse get a call up here for that game. Or they might roll cookie on a day's short rest. I don't know what their full plan is there. Um, I think that was one of the spots where they are hoping – Magill could possibly have came back early, and they just didn't announce anything. But uh, nonetheless, that's what you got looking ahead there. Let's move on uh, before we head out of here to our down on the farm even more, even though that's where we've been hanging out all day. Not a problem with that. Rochester Red Wings, 31-18, and 18, still first in the IL East, uh, but they're hosting Buffalo this week, and the Bisons are a half game back of them in the standing. So big series here for Rochester. Pitcher Jackson Tatro was uh, named the – Player of the month for Rochester. He went 4-0 in five starts, a 1.40 ERA, gave up 14 hits, threw 25 and two-thirds innings pitch. Um, that being said, uh, something that we have gotten brought up upon, obviously, here a couple different times is with how good Rochester is playing and how bad their parent club, the Nationals, have been playing, the roster could be in flux every now and then. And uh, we certainly are currently going through that right now. Uh, Luis Garcia uh, actually last night was recalled up to Washington. Uh, Jordan Weems was called up earlier this week. So two of the really the top guys again for, for the Red Wings have been called up. We will see how well they kind of shake out there. If there's a positive, um, former Brave uh, Ari Arinza is been uh, sent to Rochester technically on a rehab assignment. I'll be interested to see kind of how things shake out there. I'm guessing maybe once he gets healthy, Garcia comes back down, but I'm not exactly um, confident in that. I thought I saw that Steven Strasburg is slated to pitch tomorrow night for Rochester. Yeah. But they're showing TBA, so maybe, maybe I well, should Well, Rochester's been doing this, but um, according to – because I also saw it on the pipeline, Strasburg is slated to rehab tomorrow in Rochester. We'll touch on that, obviously, here in a second. Sorry to get ahead of you there. Way to go, Nate. <laughs> His Pirates win a series, sweep a series, and now he's just out in front. <laughs> well, we're, heading, we're most likely heading to Frontier Field tomorrow night, so I'm pretty sure. interested to see Steven Strasburg. Fair point. Uh, but if you're heading to Frontier Field at all today or tomorrow or over the weekend, here's a couple news and notes. Andrew Jones, appearance tonight at Frontier Field, be sending autographs and throwing out the first pitch. Uh, Women's Sports Night tomorrow night on Friday, plus Steven Strasburg rehab start. Shout out Nate Sharman. <laughs> And then a fireworks day on Saturday. Uh, so it should be fun stuff for the Red Wings. Obviously playing a really good Buffalo team, uh, another part of the Thruway Cup series. So look forward to that. For the Syracuse Mets, obviously 15-33, last in the IL East. Currently in the midst of a six-game losing streak uh, in Worcester this week. So um, not a ton of positives are really spin around this team at this point. They're They're back to... Back to full-fledged struggle boss at this point. Uh, I don't really have much to say about them other than they're a joke. 
Jeez. <laughs> they have a family. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so other things. Obviously, we mentioned Dom Smith and Adonis Medina, but Nick Plummer was called up over the course of the past week, making a big impact already, which is awesome to see. And um, Miami Marlin legend J.T. Riddle has heard his name in a while. Syracuse, yeah. So J.T. Riddle is a Syracuse Met, folks. If you want to get out there and get your Marlins jersey signed by J.T., go ahead and do it. If you're keeping track at home, uh, Kyle Evans has now used the term a joke for Tropicana Field. Yeah. <laughs> and the Syracuse Met. So uh, let's let's get a little uh, graphic going for that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get the counter going. We'll make a few phone calls here. Sounds and... good. <laughs> Um, I know Syracuse returns home next week. I think Rochester heads out on the road next week, but we'll touch on that, obviously, on Monday. That being said, I think that wraps up Concrete Jungle for the day. Any uh, parting thoughts before we get out of here, lads? I do not think so. All right. Looking forward to head up to Frontier Field tomorrow night, boys. Going to be a fun one. All right. Concrete Jungle, New York baseball podcast, coming to you live uh, every Monday and Thursday. Catch us live on YouTube. Catch up anytime. YouTube, listen after the fact on Anchor Spotify. For Kyle Evans, producer Nate Sharman, Paul Russo, we'll see you next Monday. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody.